You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat with Paul Zimmerman and me, Jim Gould. And on this morning's Back Chat, uh, we're going to be talking about the issue of uh, corporal punishment um, that following a report from uh, the NGO Against Child Abuse, uh, which found that uh, 49% of children had reported uh, receiving physical punishment from their parents. Uh, uh, we'll be joined uh, by two guests uh, for uh, this part of the programme uh, very soon, but um, um, just before we introduce them, I have a few emails left over on the subject of COVID-19, which I'd just like to read uh, uh, quickly, and we may have a few more at the end of the programme as well. So uh, this one from CW suggests... Uh, uh, under the title of uh, COVID testing suggestion of the week, compulsory testing for all those who are not vaccinated uh, before they are tested at the testing site to find out the reasons why they will not get vaccinated. If they agree, arrange for the vaccination at the same site. Mm. Um, Richard writes, uh, are we being conned with the mandatory testing being postponed while simultaneously resurrecting the Leave Home Safe app contact tracing? With thousands of infections throughout the city, the chances of entering any shopping mall anywhere without someone being flagged as COVID positive is essentially zero, right? So we will all be summoned. Uh, for mandatory testing anyway. What a joke, that from Richard. Uh, Alonso says, uh, understandably, there's been much focus, both on back chat as well as in the broader media, on our vulnerable, unvaccinated elderly groups. Here are some numbers to chew over. Uh, uh, quite a lot of numbers there, Alonso. Um, may not be able to uh, go into every detail. It says, uh, based on latest numbers, there are still almost 279,000 unvaccinated Hong Kongers aged 70 or above, uh, 105,000 in the 70 to 79 age group, and 174,000 that are aged 80 plus. Uh, and Alonso gives a few more figures and then says uh, uh, immediate target group is the 159,000 unvaccinated non-infected elderly. Recent daily vax numbers for first jabs have slumped to under 6,000, of which less than 1,000 are from the over 70 age groups. Uh, this is still far too low and uh, suggests that the government must significantly mm. ramp up its efforts to protect the aforementioned uh, most vulnerable people. I think, I think everybody agrees. Everybody wonders why the government is not making it a mandatory. They, they're probably afraid that if, if it's mandated and somebody passes away after an, inf an injection, then government has to blame for it. So uh, it's a blame avoidance move. A lot, of, uh, a lot of messages we get about that very subject, mm. the issue of mandatory testing. Uh, uh, one more from Brett says, uh, uh, tuberculosis is an infectious disease too. The BCG vaccine has uh, less efficacy than uh, Sinovac against COVID-19 infection and like all vaccines there are side effects but it is all we have and nobody objects to it. Uh, as a result we don't have a problem with TB. Anyone born here that is uh, 70 years old or younger is unlikely to become infected as I did once as where I was born. TB is not endemic as it once was here uh, so I did not get the jab. Uh, as the childhood vaccination program expanded here, it added jabs, diseases that elsewhere in the world uh, there are objections, such as for the combined mumps, measles and rubella jab. But in my nearly four decades here, I do not recall such objections uh, from uh, Hong Kong 
community. Yeah. Uh, yes, okay, thanks very much uh, for that to everybody. Um, we need to get on with our back chat discussion this morning. Uh, we're joined uh, by Patrick Chung, who's the uh, chairperson of the executive committee of the NGO Against Child Abuse, and also Dr. May Lam, uh, vice president. Uh, uh, of the Hong Kong College of Psychiatrists. Uh, thank you very much for joining us uh, this morning. Uh, perhaps uh, Patrick Chung first. Uh, it was your organisation that conducted this study which found that 49% uh, of children uh, report uh, uh, receiving physical punishment from their parents. 68% uh, faced uh, being scolded. Um, how concerned should we be, do you think, about these figures? Yeah, good morning, everybody. Um, uh, we carry out this type of uh, surveys um, uh, from time to time, and uh, each year, end of April, we have a spend out day to um, to remind uh, everybody that uh, uh, corporal punishment should be uh, should be uh, abandoned. And uh, the, over over the years, the surveys uh, re reveal that the, uh, the percentage of uh, parents uh, applying corporal punishment is around fifty to. between corporal punishment and child abuse, or, or is there no line, in your view? Well, um, uh, now, um, uh, over the world, there are a number of uh, countries who have uh, totally banned corporal punishment. Um, well, it is, uh, it is very difficult to draw the line, but the overall the culture and the, uh, the whole society needs to uh, see to the, uh, the bad effects of uh, applying uh, corporal punishment, which is a form of violence, you know, uh, to the children as an individual. And uh, there are far more uh, ways of better uh, child discipline methods than corporal punishment. And, and where do you draw the line between corporal punishment and scolding? Or, or sending a kid to a, to a room to cool down and, and locking a door and let them cool down in the cabinet? Yeah, that, that is now, uh, the uh, time out and cooling down is a good Type of uh, parental discipline, whereas you know corporal punishment, it can uh, there are uh, a lot of uh, bad consequences. You you get the child under control immediately, but then you need to escalate the degree of corporal punishment before a child uh, cooperates or follows what what, hmm. what what you desire. And if you ask so, the kid to stick out their hand and you slap the hand, or you ask them to get a broom and you ask them to bend over, you give them a hit on the butt. Uh, I mean, that's 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 probably the corporal punishment, as far as I got it for my parents. I got the, yeah. uh, the, the the carpet beater. I had to bring it myself and bend over and got a, a carpet beat on my butt, and that was the corporal punishment that I suffered as a kid. I mean, and I don't think I've a bad. I, I don't. Know, I, I don't think I suffered from it. <laughs> I leave that for to other people to judge. But I mean, where is that limit? Why why can't we? Uh, why is that? Why don't you think that is a good thing? I think it's a useful thing. Well, uh, 
as I said before, there are far more ways to better discipline a child mm. than applying force. Okay, um, uh, uh, so uh, a lot of uh, uh, studies have been uh, done that uh, corporal punishment leads to undesirable uh, uh, consequences. Besides the direct physical harm, it will lead to negative impacts on the mental health, and then the child has a very poor moral internalization. That means they they learned to use force to resolve problems. Mm. And the, the corporal punishment also increases aggression in the children and and also uh, increase the violent and criminal behavior when they grow up to be adults. And then and then the, the most uh, fear thing is um, the children they learn to uh, discipline their own children when they when they become adults, they they they, they learn from their parents that the only way to discipline their own children is by by corporal punishment. So it, it is an intergeneration type of uh, problems that we need to uh, look into and stop them. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it also damage the family relationship, and also, and uh, the corporal punishment increase the acceptance and the use of uh, other forms of violence to others. Uh, Dr. May Lam, good morning to you. Hi, good morning, Paul, and good morning, Jim, and good morning, good morning Patrick. Good morning. Good thanks, morning. Th- thanks for joining us. Uh, uh, so, have you um, have you seen that link between corporal punishment and what uh, Patrick says is violent criminal behaviour among adults? Now, I think, like, um, you know, physical punishment, like, generally speaking, I think is um, something should be discouraged. And, of course, like, um, you know, uh, you know, it's not uncommon because sometimes we see, you know, among uh, people around us. And also, like, uh, when we were little, you know, sometimes that happened. But I think that's definitely not something, you know, that we should um, educate the society. It's not something that we should do now. Now, um, I think there is a link. Because with uh, physical punishment, of course, like um, I think immediately we see the physical injury, you know, or you know, um, and, and but then more like uh, more importantly, I think it's the long-term um, psychological effect that someone might have. Now, um, I think one thing that Patrick has just now mentioned is that like with um, physical punishment, I think uh, you know sometimes like immediately if the child is being punished. And the, the the child will have you know uh, some you know um, uh, you know the self esteem and also problem with self esteem and also I think more importantly would be the attachment because often like uh, the punishment is done by parents you know someone that the child loves and parents is supposed to be a sense of safety and security but at the same time if the very same person hurt the child and that will have an impact on the long term development in particular the attachment issues. All right, and then once he or she grows up, and then this is the kind of modeling, like the learning, and then he will use the same, uh, you know, method to discipline the children. So the victim of physical punishment, or or you know, um, or more severely the physical abuse, will become very often become abuser to their children and to their spouse, etc. And also, like um, studies have shown that there is an increase. Um, you know, incidences of uh, like what Patrick has just mentioned, like um, the criminal and also like uh, violent behavior and getting trouble into the law. So I think like a physical punishment, uh, to some extent, sometimes as what, you know, um, you mentioned, it might not cause a lot of uh, immediate physical um, injury, 
but then it itself can escalate because sometimes when we physically punish the child and the child will react in a way like um, you know getting more abusive or have some behavioral problem which in, will invite the parents to further punish the children as a result it becomes a vicious cycle but but is it always the case i mean i mean to what extent is that causal relationship i can see that somebody who's uh, an adult and is criminal and then they can complain that they learned it from their parents and because they were beaten up and that's how they became criminal i can see it with the, that direction of the discussion but the, the other way around i mean how many percent of kids that got beaten their hand or the, on their butt because they put themselves or their family or their brother or sister in danger by running onto a road or whatever and right. got a slap on their hand i mean to what extent are we having a percentage of, of those big kids actually turning out bad i mean it's are we talking about 80 percent of the kids turn bad because of that incident yeah well i i think it's very uh, it's too simple to to give a number in fact i don't have a number but then what i meant was like um i think there's an extent with physical punishment of course we'll look into the severity like uh causing the physical injury and the frequency how often that happens and like uh this is um what we call the exposure how much like uh, you know how how often uh, is the kids exposed to you know that kind of punishment and of course um i think like the questions goes back for you know physical punishment i think uh, we look into the factors of like the child factors the parents factors and also the atmosphere the society factors not looking in child factors there's something in children might um you know need um us to pay attention to for example the children may be you know, uh, particularly uh, overactive or particularly jumpy or it's not as attentive as our normal, you know, ordinary children or, or sometimes, you know, the, the children are more impulsive. And then we look at the uh, parents' factors. I think, of course, like parents are very stressful. Sometimes, you know, they're not aware of their own emotional needs. Mm-hmm. As a result, you know, they will, uh, you know, they cannot tolerate some kind of misbehavior. And also look at the um, society, you know, atmosphere too. I mean, given um, Patrick, the study was done in November and January. That was just the beginning of the COVID. And then in the fifth wave, and we can see that, you know, everyone's trapped at home. And, you know, with the parents and the children, the children are not particularly, you know, um, uh, I mean, easy to manage. And sometimes it's not uncommon, like, to see cases like these. So I think a lot of these uh, factors, they are multiple interactive. Uh, I cannot give you a number, you know, over my head. But then I think, um, uh, you know, as mentioned, I think like um, physical punishment, although sometimes we we do use it, can be very effective in the short term, like, um, like, you know, um, asking the kids to behave immediately. But then in the long term, uh, the consequence, you know, would be huge. Like if the parents are not aware that they're using this physical punishment, and with time, the, the, you know, the dosage or, you know, you know um, it, it has to be, you know, bigger and bigger in order to get the effect of calming the children. And eventually it will become an abusive case. And so that's why I think, you know, um, there are other methods like we talk about, you know, uh, you know, reinforcement, positive reinforcement with a desirable behavior. Then we give, you know, positive reinforcement like we encourage the children and so forth. Of course. If there are undesirable behavior, then we can talk about what mentioned, like timeout, 
and you know, um, you know, uh, taking away the privileges like not going to the park in the afternoon, and so forth. So those are what we call, you know, behavioral modification. Unfortunately, like when the parents are very stressed out, when they want to get the outcome immediately, hmm. it's very easy to get into the physical abuse. But I'm sorry, I don't have a figure. No, 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 no. Yeah, just a, yeah, just a few more, a few more background figures uh, on the survey. So, uh, so uh, against child abuse uh, surveyed. Hmm. 677 children aged between 6 and 17 as well as uh, 470 parents. Um, uh, Patrick Chung, as you say, uh, this is an intergenerational problem, um, but do you think our public attitudes are changing over the years? I mean, um, um, it, 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 it's also, you also uh, suggested that it's uh, a cultural problem as well. I guess it depends uh, depends where you come from but um i think in in certainly in previous generations uh in, a, in my background a corporal punishment was much more acceptable than what it is today um uh, do you do you think public attitudes are changing yes um uh, yes uh, public attitude is changing but very slowly and it moves with the you know the development of the society right um, uh, over the years, um, since uh, I've been practicing, so we uh, uh, we uh, in different surveys, the, uh, the in Hong Kong, the uh, parents, the acceptance of um, uh, corporal punishment has been decreasing, decreasing from um, from uh, yeah, usually uh, it was uh, over sixty percent. Now it's uh, under fifty percent. It's very uh, it's slowly it's slowly improving. But then, um, as, as you as you can see, when you look into um, the uh, different societies in, in in the world, there's an increasing number of uh, countries or jurisdictions um, that uh, totally ban corporal punishment. Mm. So uh, currently, in 2022, there are 63 countries um, that uh, ban uh, corporal punishment totally. Totally means uh, you are not allowed to. Uh, apply corporal punishment at the home. So you can't um, slap a hand, you can't uh, take your carpet beater on the butt for a hit? Yeah, in, Ho in Hong Kong, it, since 1976, you cannot hit any child in a child care facility. Mm. And in, in, in 1990, in the penal systems, you cannot hit a child. And also in 1991, you cannot hit any child in the school. So this is uh, sort of, uh, you, can, you can see the, 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 the trend. So in Asian countries like uh, Japan and Korea, they have re in recent two or three years, they, they have passed the law mm. to ban uh, corporal punishment. But that's interesting. Country, yeah, interesting, yeah. Yeah, the because you use, mentioned 50%. You say 50% of the people are still in support of corporal punishment, but you said that the yeah. law basically bans it. So that's an interesting... So we have 50% of the population that believe that corporal punishment is okay, where we have the law against corporal punishment in Hong Kong. But, 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 but not in the home, right? Well, uh, yeah, that, that's, uh, uh, that, uh, that's the acceptance by the parents. Hmm. You know, we are talking the corporal punishment at the home. But then if you hit a child in school, hit a child in the penal system or in a childcare facility, you're breaking the law. Hmm. Right. Yeah. So we talk talking about total total ban mm. of uh, corporal punishment. Mm. So sixty three countries uh, in the world now. So over the years, you can see the number of uh, countries or jurisdictions um, having this law increases. Another so, finding from your survey was that uh, a number of parents uh, they believe 
corporal punishment is wrong, but uh, they just lose control because of the the stressful situation that they're in. Tired, is it, is angry. It, yeah. What, what sort is is there any sort of uh, help, any sort of psychological or social help for those people? Yes. Um, they. So that's, that's why we carry out the survey and sort of raise public awareness. There are better ways to discipline uh, children, uh, to uh, alert the parents if they feel stressful, uh, having problems at home disciplining their children. They need to ask for help and to uh, find a support group and uh, to be aware of uh, own emotional and, you know, the, the uh, mental health well-being. If they feel, you know, they're really stressed out, they need, really need to call out and ask for help. So um, those are the things that, uh, that we, 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 we like to suggest. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's for the parents and, and, and for the schools, they, they can do a lot. And also the government, they also can uh, do a lot for, for this, for this uh, corporal punishment, the, the, the movement against this corporal punishment. Mm. Dr. Lam, uh, what kind of um, support services uh, are there uh, for parents in those situations? And, and are there enough? Right, okay, now, um, I, I think, like, uh, well, first of all, I think the parents themselves have to be aware of their own emotional, like, uh, to recognize their emotional, they're being stressful, and then, like, um, you know, they, they have to go and seek help, or else people around them need to be alert, okay, like the family members. Now, I think, like, um, in Hong Kong, in every, eight, every district, in the 18 districts, there is a integrated family um, center service, and where there are, like, um, social workers there, that you know, um, people can go and approach help, mm -hmm. and there are also a lot of NGOs, like um, you know, um, around which you know where people can go and get help. But that I think recognizing yourself is under stress is very important, and that's why it goes back to you know the um, you know the mental well-being, you know, uh, awareness that people need to be aware of. And of course, like uh, we often do uh, promotion, like talks and so forth. And, you know, that's um, from the family aspect. And, of, of course, from the schools, like I think, um, you know, the schools and also uh, people uh, dealing with children, like the school social workers, social workers, and everyone deals with children. And we all need to be alert of signs and symptoms of possibly, you know, uh, like um, physical abuse or emotional abuse, like, um, you know, look for signs of, uh, you know, of course, physical injuries, you know, physical abuse, and also look for signs for, you know, emotional uh, disturbances. Say, for example, uh, the children become uh, particularly, um, you know, quiet, uh, very isolated, you know, or sometimes, you know, uh, drop in academic achievement, lack of concentration, you know, those could be the early signs of some emotional issues in the children. So we need to pay more attention to. And I think the government, I think they are putting out this legislation for uh, mandatory reporting from the frontline, you know, workers uh, dealing with children. So I think that is um, from the, you know, from, from the law's perspective, that's something that we can do more about that. Yeah, that's, that's if there is suspected child abuse involved. But, uh, but you know, it, it comes back to the question, um, wh where do you draw the line between child abuse and a, you know, slap on the and wrist. scolding, slap on the wrist. I, I, I was actually wondering, Dr. May, because uh, we have listeners uh, probably on the radio who, you know, had, 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 have experienced themselves an emotional moment where they over, overreacted to a, a child doing something wrong and then maybe giving it a slap on the, on the wrist or on the, on, or on the butt or otherwise. Um, what would you recommend to a person? I mean, they're not easily going to go f find help outside, but what would you recommend a person like that to do in the next situation that they 
could find themselves. All right, okay, now, I think it's very important that, like, uh, you're not alone. So I think you should go and speak to someone. If this is a student, like, um, you know, primary school student or secondary school student, then you should go and speak to someone at school that you trust. It could be a counselor, you know, social worker, you know, someone around. And I think you should, like, speak to uh, an adult, you know, about, you know, how what you're experiencing. I think this is very important. And very often, like, uh, what, you know... Uh, Jim and Paul, you mentioned, I think for some, like not all the physical punishment will lead to physical abuse. Mm. But then I think uh, for, for the parents who use physical punishment, they're always, um, I mean, uh, not uncommon, they're also like under stress. I think like if, like at times, if there is an independent person, say a counselor or someone who can interfere, that will be very important because I'm sure there are space that parents, they, they themselves also want to learn how to, you know, manage their children in a more effective way and yet, you know, can maintain the bonding and the relationship between children. So I think it's very important, you know, if uh, the, the, the student, you know, speak to someone else and maybe the person, you know, who can intervene and that would be very important for the uh, well-being of the student and also the well-being for the parents. They learn something more effective. Sure, but you mentioned some. You said time out. You mean, so if somebody has an experience that they got emotional and slept their child, what you're suggesting them to do is to reconsider that and to try another method, which is a time out. Are there, are there, are there other kind of suggestions you want to make to the listeners? All right, okay. Now, uh, I think time out, it applies to the children, like you time out the student, uh, I mean the children, and also time out yourself. Uh-huh. Like, of course, make, making sure the children is in a safe place, okay? Now, I think recognizing own emotion is important. Like, always emotion comes first, okay? Whenever you get so angry, I'm speaking to your parents, okay? Yeah. Now, first of all, you recognize your own emotion. Are your heart beating really fast now? And uh, do you feel very stuffy, like you cannot breathe? And uh, if you wear your shaky hands and so forth, now, this is not the best time to communicate because whatever you say is not going to get into the ears of your children, okay? Maybe you tunnel yourself first, okay? But making sure that the kids are in good eyes, you know, someone's keeping an eye on them. Now, of course, then timing out the children. Now, if um, the child is very young, you know, in particular this time of the day, you know, in COVID, no school, you know, for local school, they're all trapped at home, you know, um, there's nowhere for them to, to run around, you know, physically. Sometimes they might do something that is not uh, acceptable to the parents, okay? Now, I think what you can do is, like, timing out the children, you know, make sure they're in a safe place. A lot of time, parents, you know, they, they don't know exactly how to do time out because um, they time out, like, they, they put the children in a place for too long and this is not acceptable and, and you know, um, not, not, not good enough. So I think, like, uh, timing out is one, uh, one good thing. And, uh, and also the other way, like, is uh, what we call a positive uh, reinforcement. Like, uh, identify the um, desirable behavior. For example, uh, children now at home, okay? Now, if they're doing something quietly, like drawing and things like that, I think if you want to um, have that desirable behavior 
to be persistent, then we should give a lot of encouragement, like um, you know, saying that oh, how beautiful the picture you can you tell me more about this and so forth, so that the children are more engaged in the activity which you define as desirable. Okay, and okay. great, great advice. Yes, great yes, advice. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Okay, I'm um, sorry, I'm afraid we've run out of time uh, uh, for the topic this morning. But thanks very much to both of you for joining us uh, on the program. Uh, that was uh, Dr. May Lam, mm. a vice president of the uh, Hong Kong College of Psychiatrists, and uh, Dr. Patrick Chung, the uh, chairman of the executive committee of uh, Against uh, Child Re Abuse, which uh, uh, produced that uh, report about corporal punishment. Um, uh, a last thought from uh, listener S on the subject says uh, it, it would be a good idea to have all would-be parents attend a, a child discipline course and how to deal with it. Also, sometimes the children imitate parents' behaviour, so it's very important to set good examples. Good point. Uh, there we are, Paul. It's always important to set a good example. So. And, um, and um, time out yourself once in a while. OK. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks very much to all of our listeners and everybody who wrote in uh, a quick look at the weather. Cloudy to overcast with occasional rain. Uh, it'll be cool in the morning. Uh, top temperature around 20 degrees. Uh, the outlook, uh, still some showers in the following few days. Uh, humid with fog on Saturday is currently 18 degrees. Humidity, 87%. Given the volatility of the pandemic, please get the third COVID-19 vaccination dose soon. The antibody level will drop over time after receiving a vaccine. Getting the third jab gives extra protection to guard against the virus. Most importantly, it reduces the risks of severe disease and death. The mutant strains are highly contagious. Get the first and second doses soon if you haven't done so and receive the third one on time to protect yourself and those around you. Enhance protection. Get all three doses. The new summary with Andrew Shirovsky. Thank you, Jim. The government says almost 100,000 people have applied for its unemployment subsidy just one day after applications opened. Speaking on a radio show, Doris Ho, who heads the Policy Innovation and Coordination Office. A pediatrician is urging parents to get their children vaccinated in case there's a rebound in infections when schools resume in late April and a flight ban and hotel quarantine is eased next week. Dr. Alvin Chan, a member of the Medical Association, was commenting after authorities said schools could resume full-day in-person classes if 90% of pupils were vaccinated. And in a speech to mark one month since the Russian attack, President Volodymyr Zelensky has appealed to people all over the world to show their support for Ukraine today. Those are the news headlines. We'll have more on those and other stories at 10 o'clock. It's time right now on Radio 3 to say good morning to Phil Whelan and his guests on The Morning Brew. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. And good morning to you, too. How are you doing? Excellent. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Fine, thank you. Thanks for inviting me to your show. Thank you. Good morning. Good to see you. On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. Good morning. Welcome to Thursday. Great to be with you until one o'clock. I'm Phil Whelan. Now then, at 1010 today, we'll be talking about a man whose name will very likely ring a bell with many people. Noel Croucher. Now, he was born in 1891 in the UK. He moved to Hong Kong at the age of 14 with his parents. 
There then followed an incredible life story, which included being a member of the Hong Kong Volunteer Defence Corps at the beginning of World War One, being interned during the Japanese occupation here, and many years later becoming the chairman of the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. That is undoubtedly where you would have heard his name. So at the end of his life, after accruing considerable wealth, he set up the Croucher Foundation in 1979 to promote education. Natural science study, technology, and medicine in Hong Kong. Well, this week sees the start of Croucher Science Week, which actually runs until April the twenty-second. But that's the magic of science, right? So David Foster from the Croucher Foundation will explain all. Then after eleven, our vet Dr. David Gething will be with us for his weekly house call. As always, he'd love to answer any of your questions. Morningbrewer.thk.hk, or find us on our Facebook page. And of course, he's got a couple of things of his own to chat about. This is Imani, and don't be so shy. We've got Sia on the way with Bernard.